0: Welcome to the Messy Empire with Karen Prawl, where we prove to you that success is all about embracing the chaos and charging into the unknown.
1: Welcome to the Messy Empire. We're here with Karen Prawl and
0: Cindy Windler. I'm here on the podcast.
1: Again, back by popular demand.
2: Sister, sister. But we didn't really talk about sister stuff.
1: No, we got, to, we got to see you in your element today oh. as a managing broker and as a realtor, giving us advice on how to work with our clients.
0: This was not planned. I stopped by and I sat down.
1: So a lot of people don't know that you are a practicing realtor. I don't know if they got that off the last episode.
0: Yes, I am. I've been in real estate for about 16, 17 years and my mom is a real estate agent, of course. My sister right here, Karen Prahl the Messy Empire along with AJ Guzman. Um, So I'm here and I appreciate you guys letting me sit down.
2: Well
1: we didn't have a choice, really. Well you did. I felt like we had a choice. What we talked about today was pretty cool. Um, We have a lot of forces acting on the market right now and we just wanted to explore how we should talk to our clients about that. um, And also how we should talk to other agents about that. You had a lot of really good advice to share on that and we're really grateful for it.
0: So do I get to pick the title? Yeah, go for it. What do we say to our clients?
1: Unnamed pandemic is happening right now and our clients are really concerned. I agree. And especially when we don't know what to say. Right. Well, we don't know what to say because we don't know what's happening. When you're in the thick of it, you really don't know what's going to be on the other side.
2: It's about being adaptable and fluid and just acknowledging that we're all in this together unknowingly. I
1: think the worst thing that I'm seeing right now is agents or professionals of any kind pretending like nothing's happening. I think that's a really bad look, and I also think that looks a little grimy. It almost looks a little car sales mini. Yeah.
2: I agree. It's a little sleazy. Yeah. It's a little to be sle- like, everything's fine. And if we don't acknowledge what really is happening, um, then we have no validity. And then if we are doom and gloom about events happening, then we also have no
1: validity. Exactly. Yeah. If we're, if we're doom and gloom, then all right, and then you just respond to the media just the same way anybody else would.
2: Right. Like Cindy and I were joking. It wasn't funny, but earlier, like we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. If we keep the offices open, we get calls that how dare us. If we close the office, we get calls of how dare us. Mm -hmm. And so buyers and sellers are feeling the same way. And which way is it to navigate? So I actually talked to the manager of John Green today because they're in Naperville. They're a really big brokerage. Like, what are they doing to handle and discuss, like, what's going on in pandemic at uncertain times? And could we be in alignment or around the same plane? Because I've seen companies come out and say, don't do this, don't do that. Well, they're independent contractors. Agents actually get to do whatever they want.
1: So this is actually a complete sidebar. And I just want to take this tangent for one second. Because we're starting to realize, Cindy, that there are people that listen to our podcast that have no clue where Naperville, Illinois is or anything about it. Oh. So we actually get to take a quick break and explain who John Green is in relation to you and our offices. He's
2: not... I mean, he is a person, but his... It's a... John Green Realtor is a local real estate brokerage with offices in Naperville, and I think there's one in Hinsdale.
1: They're, they're pretty much an independent, right? They're, they're an independent. They're, and they're only local, but they're a good size in our market.
2: Yeah, and they have a good reputation, and I really um, enjoy being in relationship with the agents there and leaders. So, so. when you
1: go to talk to the management... You're talking to the head of that company. Yes. And you're talking to them specifically about how are you guys gonna react? Let's have a united front as a community.
2: Yeah, like just what are you saying? Because I don't wanna be doom and gloom, and I wanna support our agents because the agents need to support the buyers and sellers. And so we're damned if we do, we damned if we don't, but when it comes down to it, people just want the truth.
0: And who's we? Keller Williams.
2: I think they're looking to their agent first, clients. And then we the agents are looking to KW or NAR their membership or Main Street or MLS of what everyone is doing. And so when we're in uncertain times, how do we be transparent that we don't know everything? How do we make sure we're giving them the truth for what we know as of true? Like Scott and I from John Green talked, like it's an every hour it changes. Mm-hmm.
0: That's interesting that you said that because that um, I work as the managing broker of a Keller Williams offer office in DuPage County, west of Chicago, Illinois, as you know. And that has been the number one question is, what do we do right now? Um, How do we speak to our sellers? And what do we do about open houses? What do we do about broker opens? What do we do about showings? What do we do about everything? So the conversation that we're having today is not going to be the same conversation that we have next week.
2: However... How we do business today is different than we did it last week. And this is a good opportunity to reset and recharge and get real with people moving forward forever. Because where do we see failure in real estate if they don't set expectations Mm -hmm. or if they set too high of expectations and they can't deliver?
0: I think it's honesty, too. People want the truth. The public is hiring a real estate agent these days because they could do it on their own but they are hiring us because they want a professional. They wanna know what does the professional think who is selling real estate every single day. What are you gonna do to get my home sold for the highest and best price? They wanna know where the market is going. They wanna know what we're gonna do. And you're right, they wanna know what's next.
1: I've put a lot of thought into this over the last couple of weeks just thinking about pretty much how it applies to all of our roles, both what we do inside the brokerage and what we do with our clients and more and more obvious or it's becoming more and more obvious that people just want to be led. People want to know, okay, what are, what do you think my next steps are? What do you think I should do next? And I think inside of our brokerage we've been seeing it a lot because we'll get questions from agents that say, you know, has Keller Williams put out an official word on open houses? Whereas we typically think, you know, you're running your own business. You get to make these decisions for yourself. Even in an environment that's really nurturing of you making your own decisions, we still have people turning around to us wanting to be led. Please tell me what to do. Please tell me how to feel or what to think in this situation. And our clients are looking at us in the exact same way. Like, please tell me what to feel about this. Please tell me what to think about what I'm hearing on the news and how that affects my home that's currently on the market. So I think if we just keep that in mind... We can we can be blatant like we don't know we're well, not, we're not on the other side of this yet.
2: We actually have more permission to be honest from our sellers than we ever have and buyers. They're looking for it, and so I explained to someone the other day about the news and how it works and social media. She had uh, I like to call it maybe a legacy agent, been around a long time with another company, and she said I don't understand all the social media. I don't understand why anyone even goes there. And I said let me put it to you this way: when I was growing up in the '70s. People, I would put on the news and I'd get my option of channel two five or seven and I'd have to wait the whole thirty minutes to get what I wanted, which weather came at minute twenty-two, because they knew that if I if they could get me to watch the first twenty-two minutes, I was likely to finish the broadcast. And it was the same thing. It was urgent news in the beginning, and then it kind of went through and weather was always at minute twenty-two. Well, our whole world has changed. If I want to know about the weather, I don't have to wait twenty-two minutes to get to two five or seven. I can go to thousands of web pages that are going to tell me. So we have on-demand information all the time, and so if an, if a buyer or seller doesn't believe us, they're just going to go find it online and so and find an argument to support what they're thinking. So it's our job to be the most honest and upfront with them in their particular situation.
0: Well, and exactly what you said, AJ. They're looking for us to lead them and tell us what to do. And to your point, Karen, they are looking really for the camaraderie of the conversation too, real estate agents you know back in the day we worked in a bullpen situation where we would you know be able to listen to other people's phone calls and and hear each other not a lot of us work out of the house i know i'm going a little bit off topic but i'm going to bring it back to just like the seller needs to hear from us and communicate what is going on in the market for our house our opinion we have to stay up on the news and information but we also have to talk to other agents and find out what's going on in your market like you're discussing things with another manager of another office that is absolutely beautiful that you're doing that because we all need to work together to get all of our homes sold the best so we have to keep Camaraderie in conversation, even within agents with sellers. How how are your open houses going? How many buyers do you have? You know what are your sellers feeling right now? We have to keep these conversations well, open. And
2: it's actually calling the sellers and going, "How are you?" Correct. And so what I've said to our leadership, it's no longer one to many in communication. It's one to one again. It is. It's we're back at one to one, and this is going to force us to do that. Is really asking you calling every buyer's agent so explain that with your listings so
0: today this morning i was calling every buyer's agent that i have with you know one of my listings under contract saying how are you is the buyer still in it because with everything that's going on i want to make sure number one i want to know what is the buyer's job what are they doing for a living do they still have a job and do they still want the house that they are under contract with and two What is, what is your perception of, are we going to close this? Yes, they still want it, but you know, where do you see it going for your business? And then actually I was asking him more about him. Yeah. How are you doing? You work mostly in the city. How is Chicago doing? Are you finding that sellers are keeping their homes on the market? Yes, they are. They still want to sell. Why? Because people are still getting married. They are still having babies. Unfortunately, they're still getting divorced. You know, they want to upgrade, they want to downgrade, they want to, you know, maybe move out of state.
1: As much as some people think that any type of shift would be a detriment, it opens up just as many opportunities as it hides or takes away.
2: I'm excited for the agents who get opportunities through this because they are working. We, one of our agents said, I'm showing houses to my listings because the buyer's agents won't do it.
0: Tonight, I'm doing a video using my new gimbal. You'll be so proud of me.
2: I got one as a toy, yeah. I, I got a gimbal. What's a gimbal? I don't even know. A
0: gimbal is kind of a device that you hook onto your phone, but it gives it a smooth video through. So it floats through versus like real jerky. Oh yeah. It's a gimbal. So. Okay.
1: I got one for our YouTube channel, don't
0: worry. Um, it's about me right now. So I'm taking a video tonight <laughs> Of my listing, I'm going to, you know, we have this amazing agent in our office, Michael Thornton. He does outstanding videos. So I'm going to be showing my listing through YouTube because I have a buyer in California that wants to see. And I thought, this is my time to show the world my listing if they don't want to take a walk through it because of things happening in our world today.
1: I love that you brought that up. So I had a very solutions-focused agent, Linda Haas. Um, had a conversation with her today. And she was like, you know, I have to cancel my open houses. It just seems like the right thing to do. But what I'd like to do instead is video walk through the yes. open houses yeah. and run an advertisement of that video walkthrough as a virtual open house. Correct. And so we went through, okay, here's how you'll get that done through command. Um, and she was, she immediately pivoted. There was no, there was no lull there. There was no like, okay, I'm open over canceling my open houses. There was just, yeah. And she's a solution oriented person. So it was just cool to just see. The way her brain went straight to, okay, what do I do now?
0: So tonight I'm also FaceTiming a client that wants to see this house also. So I'm killing two birds. No offense, I don't kill birds. With one stone.
2: Well, and also there's a way to do it. Don't stand in the middle of the room. Mm -hmm. Go off to the corner. Like stand out of the way to showcase the room and show scale if you can, if someone else can hold it. Right? And things like that. Like there's little tips that you should also, and don't go too fast. Realtors are notorious for walking way too fast and then the buyer gets really dizzy. So what you could do is I'm going to bring up TikTok only because the video editor is amazing in it. And you could TikTok it just the video, no sound, put it at half speed, and then put your recording on it to dub over it. And now you have a clean tour that's half the speed that we would typically walk through. Mm-hmm. Like there are so I like many two options,
0: right? So my so mine tonight may not be perfect. But maybe I'll do both. Maybe I'll do video and TikTok to try both and then I'll actually use them both.
2: Well, the same video, you can just use that same one on TikTok I'll show you and just slow it down. Perfect.
1: So So let's talk about this outside of what's happening right now. What else do you think that we would be having the same conversation?
2: I think, well, I'm going to tell you where I think opportunities are. And when we have something that kind of sideswiped us into... Wait, how are we doing business? Business will never be done the same way again. Office space will never be used the same way again. Um, I, technology will never be used the same way again. And we all are going to ha- move forward in a new way of doing business. And either people, like change is inevitable. Participation is optional. Gary Keller said that. And words have never been truer, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Participation is optional. So Cindy did a class about how to use Zoom with your clients. How to use Loom with your clients? And so that is adapting behavior to move people forward. And we are gonna see a whole new range of technology brought by agents because they were forced to. And because you have demands to meet with buyers. And so how are things gonna be different? I think the world right now, because we don't believe anybody on the news or I don't, is being way more honest and transparent and clear in our expectations.
1: I agree, but also on, on the technology side of things, That was a thought that I had, too, is a lot of people who haven't done remote work are going to now. Right. So I think there are going to be certain industries and certain companies that realize, okay, we're just as profitable without the office space. Like maybe this is something that different companies and different industries start to consider. I think that could be like a a knock on positive benefit from what's going on.
2: I mean, for me in my business and brokerage business, I'm finding all of our holes for a lack of planning Mm -hmm. that we have. And I'm excited. I get energy by filling them. And I, I was in a mastermind with Gary Keller and Josh Team came in last summer. And we were talking about command. And we were all griping at Josh about command, the feedback that we'd received so far. And Josh says, you know, and the guy's 31 years old, right? And he goes, you know, what we found here in building the command is how many holes we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually excited to go fill those holes. And ever since he said that... We have so many systems to be better at in our company. And I told Scott this today from John Green. Like, I'm excited about the opportunity to shore things up. Mm-hmm. That's It's either going to give you energy or it's going to like defeat you. Well, but- I
0: think it's a personality thing, Karen, because I I get energy just listening to you. I love fixing problems. So that's when I say to you, you know, I could be a managing broker full time. I could be, some, you know, a fixer full time. Because I do love solving the problem. It's It's not everybody likes that to do that, though. I'm obsessed, though, with making things more efficient.
2: Oh, my God. So let's just take a side note for this for a second. Mom and dad's house. Okay. Okay. So we're selling. We're going to sell our mom's house. She's been there 50 years. My dad died almost five years ago. And they were original owners in 1968. And with five kids and we only had a four bedroom house. So we had an overage of children and we all shared one bathroom. The girls did. And I still know how to put it's my makeup really on. an
0: overage of children. Okay, well. Most people in America share a bedroom. I know. Okay. Spoiled Karen. No. This nope. is the youngest. See, this is what you're nope. listening to.
2: And this is why Spoiled. I can put on my makeup in a compact because I never got bathroom time. Okay. And I took cold showers.
0: Oh, gosh. I feel so sorry for you, Karen, that you never got bathroom time in a four-bedroom no. house. No.
2: So dad built a bedroom for Carol. We put her in the basement.
0: I don't think it was really built. I think it was kind of like a shower curtain. So,
2: Dad solved a lot of problems. So, why don't you share <laughs> some of the work that Dad did? Um, Well... He was, he was, he was very, very
0: creative. Very creative with duct tape and... Wiring. Wiring and lights and outlets and...
2: Everything. <laughs>
0: everything. It's been very interesting. But I have to say, every time I'm there... I do giggle and talk to him and say, I have to admit, dad, that was creative, he, but it he, could be a fire hazard. Yeah.
2: So what I'm moving out of this house, we're unpiecing a lot of puzzles. Correct. And we're like understanding. And I think um, it's it's been really fun to establish, but now you're going to rebuild it. This, you're the like project manager on this, and then it's going to be done correctly. And so we like to fix things. Right. So that was your subject is we naturally do. But I think we get it from dad. We didn't get it from mom. I don't think so.
0: Right. But that's what real estate agents are about. You know, I always say as an agent, my job is to plan the party. Right. I'm going to set the table. I'm going to stage the home. I'm going to bring in all the things that I need. You know, the alcohol, the chips and everything. I'm going to bring in all the staging items I need. And then I'm going to invite the people to come to the party. Well, in real estate, I'm going to invite the people to come view the property because I want to solve the problem. These people want to have a great time. These people want to buy a house. So our job is to solve the problem. The problem is, is we are, you know, in this to, you know, bring people in the door. And if we can't get them in the door, we get frustrated.
2: And so do the sellers because you set a false expectation. Right.
0: So you have to just be honest every day, basically, about the market where do we see it going? And that goes back to the camaraderie. You know, what is happening in other price ranges? What is happening in other towns? Another agent was asking me about another town. I said, I don't know. I'd have to research that town.
2: What are you seeing? I mean, we're talking with um, market center owners across the country. Seattle, they're still busy. But we're still busy. I know. But Seattle had it first. That's why I'm saying mm-hmm. they are they are about two to three weeks ahead of us. And they were still busy too, a week or two ago. Still multiple offers. And we're still getting multiple offers here.
0: We are. And people still want to sell and people still want to buy. So that's the greatest thing. That is not going to change. Um, I don't think people should be advertising on social media about, I can help you out with a short sale or foreclosure. Because I do feel that could put a scare into sellers and buyers about the market. I think that has to be done almost in a private manner um, where you are belly to belly or reaching out to clients individually. I mean, I gave some agents, you know, a task today on our phone call when we were discussing video conferencing was, you know, make, your, make it a point to spend, you know, two to three hours every day and reach out to clients who bought six months ago. And call them up and ask them, how are you doing? How is everything? That will go a long way because I know they care about their clients. Again, real estate is communication and
2: you can't over-communicate. You can't. This is what I told um, our contractor today. If I'm calling you to ask you a question about something that should have been done, it means you didn't communicate with me. True. Right? True. It's no different than a seller. If a seller has to call me to say, how did the open house go? Well, then that agent doesn't have systems set up. Right. You just failed your seller. Mm -hmm. I should never have to ask... Let's say, play. I'm a seller. I should never have to call you for information that you're holding. You should have given it to me first.
0: Can I tell you that that was... I, I don't want to talk about my mother here, but that was one argument that we used to have. I would leave an open house. I would be at mine. She would be at hers. And I would say, hey, can you call the seller? I'll call him later. And I would go, I would literally be shaking because I know recently when I sold my home, I wanted to know what was happening every minute, even though I was my own agent. The same thing with an open house, the minute you walk out the open house, you pull your sign, you get in the car, you pull over and you call your seller and you tell them everything. You make sure that you took diligent notes who came through, What did they say and what your next step is going to be, which is, I'm not going to call people on Sunday night. Don't tell them, yep, I'm going to call and follow up everyone. Make sure you tell them when. I'm going to call and follow up with everyone tomorrow on Monday during business hours. Again, setting expectations of communication because I want to go home to my family. I don't want to make calls on a Sunday night.
2: Well, not only that, you don't want the seller going, I wonder how it went today. And they're all at home talking about how they don't know how it went. Now, most people have cameras and ring and, and sellers. And people don't believe me when I tell you this. And you'll know from how many transactions you've done. Sellers sit outside and watch the open house at a neighbor's. They watch it down the street. So if you even fib or lie or say, I was there on time or whatever. They know.
0: They totally know. Well, my, I have a seller right now, and they park up the street for every showing. So they're telling me about every part that's walking in the door, I'm like la 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 la. I don't want to hear it. Again, I I want them to go away. You know, don't be there for the showing. But it, it they're so invested in it mentally, they have to know what's going on every minute. You know where I learned a lot of these skills? Honestly, is through when I first came to Keller Williams and with my assistant, I put her in that maps. Um, what was that class? That class with Monica Reynolds. It's like the perfect assistant. That's it. That is it. That, it was exactly how mom did real estate back in the day. It was that um, very efficient, systems oriented, but follow-up, follow-up, follow-up type of business. And that's where mom was amazing. But she didn't have 40 listings at one time. You know, she, she kept to what she could handle. So if you do get to a place where you cannot, you know, call everybody, you know, at least one at time, one or two times a week, then maybe it's time for an assistant.
2: We've gotten away from setting the expectation. Like when I was even on the team, Pam would tell her every listing appointment, you will hear from us between 9 and 11 on Tuesday, mm-hmm. giving you a market update.
0: I recently had an agent tell me. I call, I tell all my sellers I call them at 11 o'clock on Tuesday. And I go, Well, how would you call all of your sellers at 11 o'clock? Because you're going to be on the phone. Like, set it, I like how you said that, between 11
2: and 1 or 11 and 2. Absolutely. And ask them, How do you prefer to be communicated? Correct. What is your, you know, and going through asking the questions first. And so you calling every buyer, which is asking the question. So you can call the seller now and say, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, I called the buyer and I checked these three things. Yes, yes, and yes. Buyer agent. Buyer agent. Yeah. Sorry, don't call the buyer. No. I called and I asked these three questions. We Correct. are we are still on track.
0: I think the other question that people are afraid to ask their clients is, how am I doing? Because they don't want to know the totally. answer. They're scared to know the answer. But I found that has been the best learning experience for me, is for me to say those words embrace myself that maybe I'm not doing a good job and guess what because I'm asking the question every week I'm doing a great job because now I know what they need for me when a seller says I need to be communicated more they don't say it in those words they say it in other words that's
2: fine though if they said it that way they
0: said it though but they're saying it to me and I said well it sounds like you're telling me that I need to call you more you do Cindy okay that is very helpful thank you so much for being honest with me who does that help Everybody.
2: Well, think about that too. The other side of that is every week they're saying out loud using the words, you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. So now that's embedded in their brain. Correct. That you're doing a great job. So
0: to bring it back to like our times right now, you know, again on that phone or on that, I should say, video conferencing this morning on Zoom, um, that was really, I think the topic of the conversation was back to, How do we communicate with our people? What do we do in times like these? How can we overcome them from feeling scared or left in the dust? We use technology, video conferencing, FaceTime, you know, Google Hangouts, all of these amazing technology, you know, technology services.
1: I think, well, I think kind of like to kind of edit your last sentence a little bit. Okay. uh, Because I'm thinking about the shift. It's not so much what do we do in times like these. It's what should you be doing anyway Anyway, that you can get away with when we're not in times like this. And
2: these. now it's double down.
1: Yeah, because they, they said in the shift, you know, these are things you should be doing all of the time. But if you're a bad agent, you can get away with it when the market's amazing.
2: Well, we call it shadow performance. Are you making money because you're doing an amazing job or because the market's doing well? It's called shadow performance. That's interesting. So we were just in an upswing. The longest upswing we've had... The past eight years, Chicago is the lowest, the latest recovery in this right in the country, but around the country we've had an eight-year uptick. These are
0: kind of exciting times because I think as agents we are such an amazing resource to our sellers, our buyers, and just our communities. I mean they look to us to answer every question, but I'm not saying it's exciting as good. But I do, I did find in 2008 when there was a shift of the market. Um I was a I was a short sale agent and I went after foreclosures and I really um took a hold of my investor and said this is what we're looking for this is what we're going to do we're going to the sheriff sales and and went for it and it was scary like walking into something like that I knew nothing about I asked a lot of questions and got a lot of great answers. And now today I have a solid investor, which is what we all should have. That's where I think agents also kind of don't realize that they have to start asking their friends, do you want to ever invest in real estate? Because there are people out there that want to, but they may not have enough money, but if they put it together with a group, they can make an investment group. So again, the shift of the market, These are conversations, another conversation we can have. It's all opportunities. It is opportunity because I know Karen. If you have twenty thousand, and AJ, if you have twenty thousand, and I have twenty thousand, we have sixty thousand. That's a down payment. We can go buy a property. Do you guys want to go buy a duplex? Yeah. Okay. Let's rent it out. First, let's rent it out for the first year, and then let's fix it up. Sit on it for a couple of years, raise the rent, and then let's sell it in five. And we could make a plan. The three of us. You guys in? Yeah. Perfect, let's go for it. These are the types of conversations that we can have, and, and that can be exciting because real estate is known to be still our best investment.
2: I think it's uh, one-to-one rather than one-to-many. Mm-hmm. The market is not going to dictate for you how busy you are. Your activities are gonna dictate how busy you are.
1: I think that one to one is a big deal right now.
0: I liked what AJ said about the leaders. People are looking for leaders. They're they are. looking to be told what to do and how to do it and our clients are too i think again that goes back to camaraderie they want to just talk about it yeah they may not be looking for us to tell them what to do they want to open up the discussion
2: i had an agent call me today and say should i talk about that i cleaned the house and there's wipes and whatever on the video and i said do not one don't set yourself for an expectation that you can't scale and two if they if everybody feels safe then they will come see the house one-on-one. So a new way to do an open house. I think is, this is all about doing things new ways. Is that I'm going to have a public open house, like we talked about, but I'm going to schedule two at a time for every 15 minutes. Right? So the open house is three to five. But really, we're just scheduling showings.
0: You know what? And you could almost do it on, like, sign-up
2: genius. Well, you could do it on Facebook. Yours,
0: yours, you could sign up between 1 and you know 1 yeah. 30. One thirty to 2. To, that would actually be right. really cool. So
2: that's what we're teaching is a new way. Like, I had a guy when I worked in Amarillo, Texas, and he would always say to someone just a sign call or curious about a property, he would say, you know, I'm actually going to be out there tomorrow between 4 and 6 if you want to drop by. What time should I expect you? Well,
0: that's actually how I'm showing my property tonight. Right.
2: So he's setting up showings, but they don't really know they're getting shown, but they want to see the property. So he's just making it that he's happening, going to be out there. Right. So that's what I used to do. That's good. Copycat. Well, isn't that why we're in this business? To learn from each other? I know. I'm just kidding. God, you're so critical. So critical. Parting words? Get real. Know your numbers. Know your market. And and be honest. It is... Remember, over... If everything's great and sunshine and rainbows, no validity. If everything is sour and doom and gloom, no validity. What makes you valid is showing the positive, the negative, where it can go, and being honest with where you are in the situation.
0: You know what I want to say? What? Is get to work. You know, we are telling our kids that, you know, I tell my kids today, hey, this is not vacation. You know, you are still in school, so we're going to do school between this hour and this hour. You know what? Take my own advice, and I have to work. Just because I'm home, I have to work, and I, I need to work between this hour and this hour, or I have to time block of when I'm going to work. Get to work. I'm tired of agents expecting an income that really don't put in the time.
2: Okay. Wow. Thanks, Cindy.
0: (laughs) So yesterday I called up my husband and I said, hey, um, I think we should reduce the rent for our tenant because she's in the service industry. And he's like, what, we have to pay blah, blah, blah on it. And I said, well, listen, it's either something or nothing because she could easily just walk away. And am I gonna go after her in these times? Probably not, I'll just be honest with you. So instead of um, sitting on my hands, I was really thinking about her and her daughter and, and she loves the place. So I called her up or I actually sent her a text and I said, you know, hey, I know you're in the service industry, but we recognize that. So Fred and I would like to actually reduce the rent for the next three months. 66% from no dollars 30, 30. to 1000 a month.
1: That is awesome.
0: Because I felt like she could just maybe go live with a friend or family. You know, she works for a hair salon type of place, but she does skincare. And I thought she's pro- she probably can't go to work. I know she's got a following of clients because she's amazing. But I doubt she's going to have the income that she did a month ago.
1: I love the way you look at that. Well, like, because like on the one hand, like that's just a great thing to do. Like, just as a person to another person, that's an awesome humanity. Thing to do. But it's also a great decision on your end because you know whatever she has stocked away, it's mm-hmm. easier to make that decision now that that bill is two thirds of what it used to be. Correct. So. She's, is, it's a lot less likely for her to walk away. And the loyalty so is there. Yeah. And so you're securing your your assets as well. So
0: Correct. But I also appreciate her. I mean, she's kept the place immaculate. She hasn't been a problem child. Like mm-hmm. She's been an amazing tenant. Any suggestions for our next episode? Tell us on Instagram at The Messy Empire. Thank you for listening to The Messy
2: Empire with Karen Prawl.